0: Xbox on welcome to Xbox on the podcast with one host about one console the Xbox one and now due to some horrible naming conventions that have prevented me from future proofing the show's name uh, it is now also about the Xbox series X. So obviously, normally the show gets recorded on Thursdays, goes up once a week, every week, but obviously we're going to make it a little bit of an exception for the big news that happened this past Thursday night during the Game Awards, which was the unveiling of Xbox's next generation big bad console, the Xbox Series X. X, formerly known as Project Scarlet. So, of course, we're going to just take a whole dedicated episode to talking about the reveal of this console, and some of the details. Obviously, this is a, an extremely exciting time for Xbox gamers, as obviously, you know, new consoles only come around every like once a decade anyway, but it was such an off-guard kind of approach to announcing a console, which is kind of what I want to begin today's podcast by talking about. It's just not so much the box at first, but the reveal, the uh, the decision to reveal this console properly about a full year before it officially comes out and the decision to just kind of drop it at something so casual like the Game Awards rather than like a controlled Xbox scent or E3 of course. It was just so crazy to see Xbox just be like hey we're going to drop what is undoubtedly the biggest news we've had in years just casually at this Game Award conference that to you know to the Game Awards credit normally we see big announcements every year there but it's usually like game announcements it's like such and such is getting ported to this or this game is being re-released or sometimes you know like last year we got to reveal of the Outer Worlds but nothing bigger than that but I guess Xbox is really up in the ante by showing us their their new console at the Game Awards, really showing off like how big the, the reveals and the announcements at this event can be. So at first, I'm sure many felt similarly, like why would you do something like announce your brand new console at something like the Game Awards rather than your own controlled, pre hyped, pre marketed event where you can you know take an hour to an hour and a half to really divulge all the aspects and in features and design elements of your new console. But it really is you know, not to, again, not to be like an Xbox fanboy, but just to, and kind of back up everything they say, but to really just show how simple and streamlined the Xbox brand is. It's that Xbox obviously has been changing quite a bit in terms of being on more platforms, being in more places with streaming, and just kind of really evolving what the brand was from the beginning of the Xbox One generation to what it is now as we head into the Xbox Series X generation. What announcements or approaches to announcements like this this say is that despite how different Xbox has become in, in the recent generation... The message is so simple and so clear. We're just a brand about making awesome video games and putting it everywhere and allowing gamers to explore and experience the most innovative, the most powerful, the most forward thinking video games everywhere. And that's kind of what this announcement was about. It's like, why would we need to, why would we need to do a typical Microsoft or a typical game announcement kind of thing where we're going to rent out or use the Microsoft Theater and then send invites to media and, and, and personalities around the internet and kind of hype up this event and say, hey, we're announcing something big and, and get people drumming up the hype for two weeks and then host this hour-long press conference like they did for like the, the Xbox One where they're like, here's the box. Here's the controller. Here's what we hope to accomplish with it. Here's our vision for it. When all of that is so simple, it's not about what the box looks like. It's not about what the console can do. It's really, really just about saying, here's the next Xbox. It's meant to play video games. It's super fucking powerful. And this is the future of Xbox. And why not just go to someplace like the Game Awards to do that. It's a event like centered around celebrating video games. And so Microsoft is gonna take that as an opportunity to say, here's our box that is meant to play video games and to celebrate video games. And this is what our vision for our next iteration of that is. It's a super powerful box meant to play video games. So in that sense, it actually kind of makes sense the way they did it was just, you know, catch people off guard and just say, hey, it only takes four minutes to tell you what our next generation of Xbox is all about. It's a super powerful console and it plays video video games done here it is and they had this super crazy reveal trailer for it as well uh, to kind of accompany that. It's the, the short and sweet approach is, is, I think, kind of beautifully done, honestly. But also the big benefit this yields for Microsoft, of course, is that they they now get to, by doing this like totally out of left field approach, by just surprise announcing what Scarlet was during the Game Awards, they've now put themselves in this position where Sony wasn't expecting that. You know, Sony revealed the PlayStation 4 in February of 2013, and then the box came out in November of 2013. And one big benefit to that was sony got to like kind of hog the spotlight and the attention around their next generation console for months because i think the ps4 was announced like three or four months before the xbox one and this is xbox saying okay well two two can play at that game and they're doing it even further in advance so rather than xbox waiting two months three months from now to kind of have a proper press event for the xbox series x they're just like fuck it, we'll do it before the year's even over. You know, we'll do it a whole year before the box even comes out. And they just surprise launch it. And now what this does is, in the era of the internet, it's got everyone on social media talking about Xbox Series X instead of PlayStation 5, it's got everyone, you know, every media site, blog site, YouTuber, whatever, talking about Series X, not PlayStation 5, and now Sony's got to either aggressively get the message out sooner about the PlayStation 5, or they have to have something really impressive up their sleeves that's going to make people divert their attention from the Xbox Series X because regardless of what happens now, you know, regardless of what the PlayStation 5 does that the Xbox Series X doesn't, PlayStation's in this position now where they're gonna be in second place with the announcement. They're gonna be the second party in the conversation they're going to be, you know, they're going to have that much less time in SEO searches and things like that to kind of get people's attention and kind of hog the conversation in the spotlight in regards to the next generation of consoles. Because I mean, like, believe me, this, both of these consoles will be out next November. Like there's no doubt about it. That's just how this stuff works. Maybe one comes out in October or the other in November. This is how this stuff always works. They're both going to be out in November. We know they're both 2020 consoles. We know they're both coming out later in the year. I don't think one of them is going to try to push the other, like beat the other to market by being, out in August. So I mean, if both of these consoles are to come out in November, which I fully believe both will be, that means that Xbox just has this much extra time to have all the attention and all the conversation focused on them, which is a really smart move, especially when you're already in a position of second place, especially when your console's already kind of the the laughing stock of the gaming industry because for whatever reason, you know, after 15 plus years of Xbox, people just still want to always harp on Xbox kind of being, you know, the, the lame console, the the not gamer focused console. It, and so these kinds of things, you know, help and really make a difference, especially like look at what happened last generation, despite the fact that the PS3 was going to outsell the 360 no matter what happened, right? Because internationally people just fucking love PlayStation. The Xbox does an phenomenal North America, it does phenomenal in Australia, in the UK, in certain other parts of Europe. But the PlayStation is just always going to beat the Xbox because people in certain countries just love PlayStation. But the Xbox One or Xbox 360 really put up a good fight. And that was because they came to market a year early, because they made a console that was all about a next generation of gaming. And then the PlayStation 3, of course, stumbled out the gate. They came a year later. They were super expensive. They were really cocky. What they offered just wasn't really as compelling for the price. And I think Microsoft has the chance to beat PlayStation again at this by by doing this again, by being the first one to market, by being the first one at the conversation, and by focusing the conversation just so. Regardless, both of this is gonna be one of the most interesting competitive generations, period because both the Xbox brand and the PlayStation brand are mature enough at this point in their respective spans where there is no more like someone's going to do a big fuck up. You know, the PlayStation 3 was super embarrassing the way it came out the gate. And I don't think history remembers it as fondly because luckily, you know, in favor of the PlayStation 3, in favor of Sony, that fuck up of the PlayStation 3 reveal and launch was like just barely like the pre-social media era. Obviously, like, I guess, like, MySpace and shit was around, but, like, social media was not what it is today in 2006. So, Sony got super fucking lucky. Microsoft, not so much. When they fucked up with the Xbox One reveal and Xbox One launch, they were in the post-Twitter, Facebook bullshit YouTube era of, like, you can't do one thing wrong without, like, being condemned for life. And that's why, you know, that's a huge reason why Xbox has suffered so much this generation is because... You can't survive any humiliation anymore. You just gotta, you do one stupid thing, you say one wrong move, and you're fucking done for good. But we're not gonna see that happen with either console because... Sony ate Humble Pie and learned their fucking lesson a decade ago. Microsoft learned their lesson right after the launch of the Xbox One. Both of these brands are mature. They're being led by smart people. You know, like no one has any doubt that Phil Spencer is the perfect person to be running Xbox these days. It's just both of these consoles are going to come out at the correct price point for what the hardware is with the correct messaging. And and they're just going to hit every note. No doubt. I I don't have like this generation. There isn't going to be a clear winner, a clear loser. It's just going to be two very excellent consoles marketed very appropriately to a very appropriate audience. And I have full faith that both PlayStation five and Xbox Series X are going to be just that, which is why these competitive advantages of just getting your message out as soon as possible really matters, because it's at this point, it's just a matter of like which console ecosystem are you already ingrained in? Which console kind of had the spotlight before the other? It's it's all these little like splitting hair kind of conversations that are really gonna make it the difference between The Series X at the PS5. And that's why I just think this was a really smart move, despite being kind of unconventional, uh, for Microsoft to get this news out at such a weird time and in such a weird place. But nonetheless, I mean, here we all are talking about the Series X. Everything on my Twitter feed this week has been pictures of refrigerators with the Xbox logo. And of course, we're making fun of it, but hey, and we'll get to that in a minute. But like you're talking about Xbox, and you're not normally talking about Xbox. This is good. There's no such thing as bad press, that kind of thing. This is all good. It's just the conversation is on Xbox and no one's talking about PS5 right now. So that's the kind of announcement, of course. And I'm sure many of you have seen it by this point. Obviously, this podcast is coming out a couple of days past this announcement. So like none of this is like brand new news at this point. But yeah, Jeff Keeley, the host of the Game Awards was kind of, you know, teasing this announcement. He goes, you know, sometimes you get to announce really cool things, and it's awesome getting to host this Game Awards, but sometimes you get to be a part of something really special, like teasing, like, I'm about to reveal something that's going to knock your socks off. So I'm, like, sitting there watching this live stream, kind of roll my eyes, like, okay, we're going to get a Fallout 7 reveal or something I don't give a shit about. And then the trailer starts, and I'm like, yep, I don't care, and it's just, like, some generic game-looking trailer, and there's some narration, and I'm just like, okay, I'm along for the ride. I know these reveals usually end up being, like, like a minute and a half trailer of, like, something I don't give a shit about, and then the reveal kind of shows what it's going to be, and then I either care about the game or I don't. I was fully anticipating a game reveal, obviously, who wasn't? No one thought we were going to get a console reveal right then and there, and then, you know, the trailer kind of shifts, and you see like. You see, like, a car. I'm like, wait, that is, like, absolutely Forza. But the beginning of this trailer didn't lend itself to Forza. And me being, like, just a stupid, slow person wasn't putting the pieces together. that Whatever this trailer is, it's not one specific game. It's something general. But then you see soccer. I'm like, okay, so this is, like definitely something different i don't know why my brain started going to ea even though like i knew the car meant forza but then obviously you see master chief and like oh fuck this is something xbox related i'm like but it's not a halo infinite trailer what the fuck is this because i was just so dead set i was like they're not talking about a new console they're not talking about scarlet and then you just obviously you see the the water and like the tower coming out of the water and i'm like holy shit i I, (laughs) my girlfriend was right there and i was just like hey hey stop 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 holy shit i can't believe what they're doing and lo and behold here's the Scarlet, here's the Xbox Series X, they're unveiling a a brand new goddamn console, and it was just mind-blowing. That is such a cool reveal, because regardless of whether or not you think it was an appropriate place to reveal the next console, it caught absolutely everyone off guard, which just means it's gonna steal the show. Now, I have my reservations about, like, why would you show this so early in the show? Because the second this trailer came out, it was the second I'm like, okay, the Game Awards is over for me, I don't give a shit about any of these awards, or any of these other announcements, I just care about the fact that we just saw Scarlet, we just learned about the Xbox Series X, none of this matters. And the, the rest of the show was like, the stream was on the background of my house while I'm just on my phone reading Twitter, seeing what people are saying, seeing what articles are posting, what new information I can gather and more images of this console. Like, I don't give a shit about any of these awards otherwise. And it was just, it's just such a crazy reveal. But then, you know, Phil Spencer comes out on stage and it's just short and sweet. He's like, "We're, we're this is the most powerful console ever made. It's it's the most powerful, most capable Xbox here it is, and here's an awesome game that's totally next generation and totally takes advantage of what this console is all about. And then we got a trailer for Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, which is just like, okay, I mean, that's to be expected, right? They're going to make a Hellblade 2. But the whole trailer was running in-engine, which at this time, we don't really know what engine that is. We presume it's probably just like Unreal 4. But, you know, the the, the trailer kicks off and it, and it shows Senua and and it's just kind of a cinematic trailer, but then they're like, this whole trailer is taking place in engine, which in like running in real time. So to me, that normally doesn't mean a whole lot of anything because I feel like we see that so often where someone's like trying to show off the power of a console or, or a games fidelity by saying this trailer is running an engine. And it's just like, yeah, but this isn't what I'm playing. This is what I'm seeing in between games. And I'm watching this live stream of this. So obviously, it's a little fuzzy. I'm not watching like a beautiful 4K retelling of this trailer. It's just it's it's hard to really convey how impressive it looked. And so I'll, I'll be quite honest. While a lot of people are going to talk about how really awesome this trailer looked and how impressive The capabilities of the console were as as a result of this reveal trailer for Hellblade 2. I'm not going to lie and tell you that like I was super blown away. I thought it was a very impressive looking trailer. I thought, you know, as someone with a less sophisticated understanding of what I'm looking at, I thought, well, this is clearly something that I could or I've maybe seen before in like any other game trailer and any other game cinematic so i just wasn't like i wasn't like this is the technical like spectacle of xbox series x i would rather have seen actual gameplay demo of something whether it be halo or hellblade 2 or whatever but nonetheless it was really cool to see xbox kind of be like hey Here's one of our newly acquired studios. Here's something really impressive they're working on and here's something we believe in that is really going to take advantage of this console and that people are really going to be interested in. And it was nice to see Microsoft come and come out and be like, "Here's our brand new console. We're pairing it with this franchise. We're not pairing with the typical Halo, Gears of War, So We're showing off one of our new studios games. You know, a game a game whose first entry you might have played on PlayStation, but hey, it's a it's an Xbox game now. It's an Xbox Series X tech demo and I thought that was cool and I think the game obviously just from the tech demo like the the setting the tone of it was pretty interesting but I'll be honest with you I still haven't played Hellblade 1 it's one of those games that's on my as soon as the holiday Russia games dies down and I'm catch I've caught up with everything I will get around to that because it's very high on my I want to playlist. I just haven't gotten around to it quite yet so i'm not really versed in the hellblade universe but i do know a couple things like i know that game was self-made and self-published and i know the first game was very very low budget and one of the things people praised about it so much was how AAA it felt for such a low budget self-published self-made game so with that information you can extrapolate that obviously with xbox now being the parent company ninja theory developer ninja theory with xbox now being able to fully back and fund a sequel to hellblade This game is going to be a lot more impressive than what we got in the first game. And again, I haven't played the first game, but people are very, very high on that game. It's one of those games people say you should absolutely play cinematically and just gameplay wise, very unique and very emotional. And it's just a very forward thinking kind of uh, unique experience. And this game is going to be able to take that all very much the next level, not just in the standard sequel sense, but in the sense of they actually have the time, the talent and the money to really go all out balls to the walls on the sequel rather than just making a sequel with, you know, new ideas and everything. So there's a lot they can do with this. And I'm really excited to see them take full power of not only Microsoft's funding and and kind of cushion that they now have having the parent company, uh, Microsoft, but also the power and capability of brand new hardware. That's like uncapped potential, because that's the whole part of the Series X, as we'll get into in a minute, is just a really, really powerful console. So without any more, you know, sidetracking and everything, let's just get into basically what we know about this actual console, which is that we saw a picture and we saw a little rendering of it in that reveal trailer. The console, you know, it looks extremely unconventional for a, a typical video game console. It's not a slim, sleek, wide box. It's, it's a tower. It looks like a PC tower. And obviously that's what most people jump to was like, Hey, this kind of looks like a PC and that's because this thing's basically just a PC. That's what Xbox has been for a long time. And that's especially what the Xbox one was. And then this is exactly what series X plans to be. It's just like not even hiding what it is. It's just saying the Xbox is basically a PC that is capped at being able to do nothing more than play video games and run entertainment apps. And now we're just taking that and, and really embracing it rather than just kind of shying away from it and trying to market it as this thing called the video game console it's just a pc it's a massive powerful tower pc and that's what this next one's going to be even further we're going to have amazing specs that get it to 8k resolutions and 120 frame rates and 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 just all this crazy shit and it's going to have this amazing solid state drive that's going to help make games load super fucking fast and we're going to basically eliminate load times altogether. and it's just this really really powerful box and i think what we have to understand when when Phil Spencer or when Microsoft or even when Sony comes out and talks about power, I don't think we're looking at next generation and the word power in the way that we traditionally think about power in, in next generation. And what I mean is, you know, for people like myself, like all gamers, you know, we grew up, playing depending on your age maybe you start in the nes era maybe you start in the n64 era maybe you start in the ps2 xbox era i don't know but we know that every generation games just look demonstrably better than they did the last generation and obviously as we've progressed in recent generations that gap kind of closes a bit, right? Obviously the jump from the Super Nintendo to the N64 is like, whoa, this is this is insane. Games look totally different. My understanding of what a video game can be is completely different. And I mean, we get that again, kind of from the Xbox, to the Xbox 360, as we go into HD gaming and online gaming and things like that. But I don't think that next generation's power bump is really about taking like the best looking Xbox One game and saying, wow, I didn't realize that a game could be this. Just based on the visuals alone, I I think it's it's about more than visuals, right? It's about it's about things like eliminating load times. It's about the engine or the cinematics looking so identical to the gameplay that there's this level of immersion that's just so consistent and doesn't break. It's about being able to do like unique and interesting things with enemy AI because you have this computational power that allows the game to just be more realistic and more dynamic. It's about all these little things that kind of add up and make a big difference. It's not to say you know that's why I I wouldn't be surprised or. not surprised when people like phil spencer say a game like halo infinite will be available on xbox one but it'll also be available on on series x it is a next generation game but everything is forwards and backwards compatible at this point and and your new games will run on older hardware and it's it's not because it's like you won't be able to look at a game like halo infinite and say how could that possibly run on the xbox one no visually speaking i'm sure the xbox one x in particular could probably run a game like like halo infinite but Halo Infinite might be such an ambitious game that aspires to do so many things like eliminating load times and making newer, more advanced and sophisticated enemy AI and and all these things that it's like, okay, that's the stuff the Xbox One couldn't do. That's where the Xbox Series X capabilities really kick in is with all this kind of more back end kind of not so flashy, sexy uh, surface level kind of power really comes into play and I think that's something gamers need to kind of prep themselves for when getting ready for this next generation is power doesn't mean visuals necessarily and and that's not to say visuals won't look better of course they will of course you know Halo Infinite will look visually more stunning than Halo 5 did on Xbox One of course but Halo Infinite isn't going to look so much more visually stunning than Halo 5 did on Xbox One and the way that like Halo 3 looks way better than the original Halo Combat Evolved, that kind of thing. And that and that's something really important to, to note and to kind of put on the side because I just think that's something that isn't really well conveyed in the kind of marketing talk about next generation nor should it really be because obviously if you're Microsoft, if you're Sony, if you're just trying to sell a new generation of hardware, you want to focus on something that's like a little more marketable and palatable to the general audience, which is power. You know, power means more, better, bigger, flashier, nicer. Better. So just keep that in mind, when I look at a trailer for something like Hellblade 2, I'm not immediately blown away by the visuals, I'm sure the the things that are going to make Hellblade 2 feel so next generation are going to be something I'll maybe see a little bit in tech demos or trailers, but it's something I'll really fully grasp and understand when I'm sitting down on my couch playing Hellblade 2 for the first time, comparing it to what Hellblade 1 was on the Xbox One, that kind of thing. And so that's just something really important to keep in the back of our minds as we start to hear more and more about these games. Now, that's not to say that, you know, these games aren't going to be super impressive because whenever we finally get our first gameplay reveal of Halo Infinite, I know I'm going to drop my panties and scream like a little girl because that's all I give a shit about right now. So that's that. I'm just I'm sorry. I keep just getting away from myself. There's so much to talk about. And I. Didn't really take good notes. I just kind of jotted down some ideas and, and just want to talk about this all in one incoherent mess because this is exciting. It's 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 so. I mean, I'm sure you're excited too. We're getting a brand new next generation Xbox console. Not that we didn't know that, but now we're starting to really contextualize what this thing is because now we have a name for it. And we have an image of what it looks like. So let's talk about the box, the thing I keep putting off. And the box is like I was saying this blocky tower it's this square tall refrigerator as many people keep joking about it looking like tower and i think it's really striking honestly i saw it and instantly my reaction was like it was kind of the way i was when i saw Cybertruck. when i'm like it's like i had two ideas spitting off in my head the exact same time i'm like people are gonna say this is stupid i think it looks really really fucking cool it was like the same ideas, those same two ideas, playing instantly at once. Like I was like, I love it. I love how unconventional it is, and I don't think it was an intentional unconventional approach. I think it was it was a necessary thing. Phil Spencer said he just said there's and and I should have said this earlier. There's a big Gamespot article that came out along with the with the announcement of the Series X that you should definitely go read, and I'll I'll borrow some of that information for this podcast. But Phil Spencer, you know, talked a lot with Gamespot leading up to the announcement of this console. And in one of the things he said was that we're not looking to make the Series X the most attractive looking console just for the sake of having this really sleek, sexy piece of hardware on in in your entertainment system. We're focusing on the console's capabilities and power before, you know, form over function was what he said. And that's way more important because... Obviously, what good is a sexy, attractive-looking video game console if it's not powerful and capable? So they wanted to focus on making sure they got all the right hardware in the box before they focus on what the box looked like, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, what we're left with is this thing that looks kind of like a beefy PC because that's what the console is. It's a powerful gaming PC that just runs video games and Netflix. And so I think it looks really striking. Um, Obviously, we don't really have a, a good sense of how Tall and wide it is, based off just the image. But it looks like a massive tower. I th- I think if you look at the image and kind of compare the controller it's sitting right next to, you can you can just deduct that it's roughly like three video game controllers tall by one video game controller wide. But it's still it's it's a very unconventional design for something that's going to sit on an entertainment center rather than a PC uh, desk. Nonetheless, I'm I'm happy to put the thing standing at the top of my entertainment center right beside my TV, much like how my Xbox One sits. And I think it's going to be a really striking, interesting-looking piece of tech. I love it's kind of... it's, It's like it's loud, but it's also very subtle and very in the corner because it's sleek, it's black, it has kind of the same... Tones and material look that like the Xbox One X has, but obviously in a totally different form factor. The Xbox Power Button looks and the logo and everything looks exactly the same as the logo and Power Button and everything that they've used for the Xbox One, the, the One X in particular. And I, I find that to be actually kind of an interesting thing because usually with every generation comes the opportunity to refine your logo and kind of modernize it so to speak obviously like the original xbox logo is nothing like what the xbox logo looks like today and the 360 kind of looked definitely a lot more refined but it was totally different from the original xbox logo and then the xbox one of course kind of ushered in the modern look and aesthetic for xbox however with xbox series x It looks a lot like the kind of design aesthetic and logo and everything that we saw with the Xbox One, which I will not complain about because I still think personally that the Xbox One era of like their their type font and their color scheme and just everything about it, I think is really, really awesome, really striking. And I'm a huge fan of that era of Xbox kind of design aesthetic and logo. So I'm totally okay with keeping it. I'm just a little shocked or i guess a little surprised to see that they're kind of sticking with it rather than taking the series x as an opportunity to kind of reinvent that logo but at the same time i also understand why they want that why they wouldn't do that which you know for one reason you can say well you know the ps4 kind of keeps the same logo as the ps3 just mildly changed but i don't think it's for reasons like that i think it's i think it's more for because The Xbox Series X is that generation to end generations as Phil Spencer kind of teased in the earlier days where it's, you know, it's, it's not. The point of the Xbox Series X isn't to kind of say goodbye, Xbox one. Hello, next generation. It's kind of say now we're in this generation where generations end. We're in this kind of fluid time where Xbox is a brand. It's a hardware and sometimes your games run on the Xbox you have and sometimes you need to upgrade your Xbox to have a more spec appropriate Xbox to run the newer games. Think of it more like the iPhone and less like traditional console generations where you know if you have an Xbox One X and you decide I'm not gonna upgrade to the Series X, then guess what? You're probably gonna be able to play Halo Infinite and the next Gears of War and the next Forza and all these games just fine. But keep in mind in three years when we're on the next Halo or when we're on whatever the hell the initiative's working on I don't know that the Xbox One X will be able to handle whatever that game is. So it's going to be kind of that thing where it's like, yeah, just because you have last year's iPhone doesn't mean you need to upgrade to this year's iPhone. But in a couple of years, you might want to consider upgrading your iPhone because they're going to start having iOS updates and apps that are just like, not really performing well on your iPhone and you might want to consider a smoother more capable experience if you want to continue to enjoy iPhone and that's kind of where Xbox is heading and I I guess like keeping with that design aesthetic and with that kind of design language and logo and in kind of branding really helps drive that home where it's like we're not trying to get away from the Xbox one we're just trying to say this is this is Xbox, this is, and, and and I'll get into this a little more in a minute when we talk about the name, or I guess let's just talk about the name now so I can kind of drive this point home, which is to say, I was kind of right about how they were gonna do the name, but also very wrong. I think last week I said something to the effect of like, they'll name the console something like Xbox Neo, playing off the Surface Neo, meaning like this is their device that's Neo, kind of meaning power, this is their device that's all about kind of reinventing the brand, with a new with a new era of like, I, I don't know, rather than being a specific device, this device is all about just kind of the brand, encompassing the brand in general. Which is kind of what I think Xbox Series X conveys, but obviously they call it Series X and not Neo. But so I guess what, what I'm trying to get to with this is that a name like Xbox Series X is effectively the same thing as just calling the box X. Xbox with just nothing else attached to it. And that was a name that a lot of people were speculating that they would use. It's just Xbox and drop everything else around it. Series X kind of says that because it's like, it's kind of like in the same vein that like the iPad's no longer called iPad 1, 2, 3, Air, 3.1, whatever they call them. It's just called iPad. And you can kind of associate the year it released with the model you're using. And by calling it Series X, you know, Series is usually something you use to, like, name, like, a watch brand. Like, Apple Watch actually calls their watches Series 3, Series 4. It's not really, like, saying this is the this is the third version, this fourth version. It's kind of saying it's the same product. It's just this iteration of it. Like, I'm, I'm wording this incorrectly. Let's compare it to Apple Watch. If you have Apple Watch 2 or Apple Watch 4, it's the same goddamn Apple Watch. It's just one has newer features in it and the other one doesn't but they're both just as compatible with whatever iPhone you're using with whatever MacBook you're using and they all do essentially the same shit. It's not like oh you can't use an Apple Watch Series 2 with an app with an iPhone 7 or whatever. It's like they're all going to work with your iPhone. And that's kind of what the Xbox Series naming convention conveys where it's like it's just Xbox. The console's Xbox. The series isn't this generation of Xbox. The series more so refers to what kind of iteration of Xbox in general it is, which is just to say you know x i think they use the the word x when they're talking about power which obviously we understand that because the xbox one x was the powerful xbox one so it's just it's just saying this is just an xbox you can get the series x version of it i'm sure they'll make a series s version which is what we think lockhart is it's the discless slightly less powerful more entry level affordable version of this next generation xbox um and so i i and it's kind of smart it's they're basically without actually dropping the sub name to the to the console they're kind of dropping that subname and just naming the damn thing xbox because it just doesn't i don't know it just it just doesn't mean anything to call it you know xbox neo or xbox whatever because then you're kind of keeping the generation thing going but by calling it series whatever you can just make it more fluid and just make it about whatever and so i'm i'm a fan of the name in the regard of like I think it appropriately says what it needs to say. But on the other end, I don't think I don't even think like a tiny percentage of their audience really gets that right now. So it's just going to be a confusing marketing mess when people are like, OK, I go into a I go into my local store to buy an Xbox and these are my options. I got the Xbox one S. I got the Xbox one X. I got the Xbox one S all all digital edition. And now I got the Xbox Series X. But the X kind of reminds me of the One X, but the series doesn't have the one name. So what the hell is the difference between all these models? And now it's a very confusing nightmare for, you know, uninformed buyers who are just there to get Xbox for their kid or their nephew or whatever the hell they're in there doing, right? This is obviously not, you know, these kind of naming convention nightmares or nothing new for Microsoft. But this is something they have to overcome now because it is just kind of an awkward mess to keep the X in the name. But to have a word like series that doesn't really... I don't think really says much about the box. It just says like, it's like the connecting word between Xbox and X, you know, it's just like the, it's the kind of through line between the console's name. It's the X is what conveys the capability or the power of the box. The series is just the thing that kind of describes, it's like what type of Xbox you're talking about. So I don't know if for more, for more casual buyers of the console, I think this is going to be a little bit of a confusing mess. And that's my only worry uh, in terms of if the name is cool or not. I'm not I don't give a shit about that because, you know, as I tweeted out earlier this week, I just I, I think getting hung up over the name of a console, and whether or not it's a good name or cool name. It's kind of irrelevant at this point. You know, we've had so many poorly named consoles. A lot of people thought the Xbox One was an awful name. I think no one even gives a shit about that anymore. No one even remembers that anymore because we've just gotten so used to calling it Xbox One that we don't think twice about whether or not it's a good name. We all remember the Wii was a weird name and then the Wii was an awful name. And then, you know, it's just like all these things where it's like, who really cares about the name as long as it's a marketable name? And that's my only concern is, will they be able to, to get general audiences to be able to distinguish between what the Xbox One family of consoles is and what the Scarlet console families is being, you know, Series X and what I presume Lockhart being Series S or something like that. Will they be able to differentiate between the two? I don't know. One thing that certainly helps is that the console looks extremely different, you know? The Xbox One S and X look very different from the Xbox Series X because one looks like a video game console in a traditional sense and the other looks like a gaming PC. So that's the whole thing with the name. That's really my only concern or gripe with the name is I just worry that audiences are gonna struggle with understanding what it is based on the name in terms of whether or not i like the name i don't i don't give a shit it's the next xbox it's super powerful it's better than the last one and i'm excited to play games on it so that's what i care about now with the to finish off with the aesthetic of the box so it's just a slim sleek black slab of a tower and then on the top it's just one massive ventilation grill so you got obviously for the, the the big fan is right there but it also has like they show off in the trailer it has like this green glow that kind of emits from the top i think that's so that's ah, so cool it's like that kind of slimy xbox green that i think a lot of times gets lost like xbox doesn't use as much as they used to i think they need to em- embrace the, as much as i love the black and white look they kind of do i i think that the sometimes you got to embrace the green and i almost like it the way they're doing it here where it's like the green is no longer the focus, but it's still hidden in places. It's almost like the way like Razer, the the gaming um, computer peripheral company, does it and i just i think it's so cool to kind of just like hide the color or have it here in some places i really hope that with that color you'll be able to either control whether it's on or off when the console's on or if you'll be able to control like what color it is it'd be so cool if i could make it like do like a razor thing where it's like it goes like shifts between like blue red green yellow orange whatever or if you could just make it a different color all together that'd be cool to just like have it i don't know just kind of the way i do with like windows 10 or like my microsoft band i used to have where it's like it's purple around Christmas, and then in the fall, i make it orange, and in the summer, i make it blue. I don't know. I just think it's really cool that they even have the light there, and it looks like it will be pronounced enough that, like, it will catch people's attention when they see it, but also quiet and muted enough to where, like, if it's on while you're playing a game, it won't distract you. I, I just think that's a really cool touch to have the green little glow on it. And I hope it's something they'll be able to adjust so that one, people p- don't complain about it, and two, so that you can change the color of it because that'll be fun too. Aside from that, Phil Spencer does say that that fan on the top, that big fan grill, is the only fan on the console that it just to help ventilate it. Obviously, Microsoft is has they take they take it very seriously with the ventilation of their consoles because since the Xbox 360 and the infamous Red Ring of Death um, scenario fiasco, they don't want anything like that on their hands anymore. So. I'm sure the console is very ventilates very well and is very reliable, um, but they take that sh- that stuff very seriously. So I assume that's a very powerful and effective fan. I, I'm a little surprised that he said that that's the only fan on the console because I was ex- I was expecting to see another fan on the backside along with the I/O for the console. You know the USBs and whatnot. Um, but no, apparently, despite the fact that we haven't seen the behind look of the console, apparently that top grill is the only fan on the on the thing altogether. So. That's that's an interesting little tidbit. One other thing I will note that I think needs to be said. So to give credit where credit's due, the console itself is being the, the lead designer of the Xbox Series X. Um, the guy at Xbox, his name is Carl Ledbetter. He is he is the guy who's like heading up the design of the console. And great job to him. Shout out to him. I again, I instantly loved the look of this console. I'm a I'm a huge fan of it, and I think it's gonna look very appealing to me sitting there on my entertainment center. I can't wait to have it in my home. But the rumor is, or I don't know if this is if this is public knowledge, but what I've read is that apparently Panos Panay, who a lot of Xbox gamers might not know, but a lot of Microsoft fans might know, is the kind of head of Microsoft's Surface team, the Surface computers they make. And the rumor was that Panos Panay was, and some of his guys over at the Surface team were kind of consulting on the on the hardware design of the Xbox Series X, and. The reason why that's significant, aside from the fact that anybody who's familiar with the Surface computers that Microsoft makes being extremely, extremely slim, sleek, and sexy looking computers, um, the, the other notable thing about that is specifically with their Surface Pro devices, the tablet computers, they have done some really innovative and really impressive work with the ventilation system on those. For example, actually right now, as I record this on my Surface Pro 6, I'm looking at the unit's ventilation. It's this little... Ventilation grill that kind of is so discreet and runs around the side, the whole perimeter of, of the computer itself. And I I almost wonder if they kind of took their expertise in making discreet, quiet grills in, in ve- vans and vans and ventilation and kind of installing that on their computers, if they kind of took that philosophy and helped the Xbox team and Carl Ledbetter with um, helping design this Xbox and kind of making sure it was as quiet as possible, but also as, as efficient energy efficient as possible, and also making sure it doesn't have any overheating issues as to not create another red ring of death kind of scenario. So something I want to throw out there for sure. I have every, I have every confidence in Microsoft that, this is going to be a quiet and sleek console and it's going to ventilate well because they can't afford for it to not be. And and Phil Spencer himself has really put a large emphasis even on that GameSpot article, which I'm pulling a lot of this information from, where he himself says that, you know, he uses the console at home himself now and it's very quiet. It's about as quiet as the Xbox One X is, which for those of you who have used it know that it's a very quiet console, very discrete console. So that should be promising. So aside from the actual console design itself, let's talk about the controller. So pulling again from the GameSpot article with Phil Spencer, Spencer says that, you know, their market research team kind of found out that there's like a, with the Xbox One controller, which you know, I again, this is not an Xbox fanboy thing to say. I don't care who you are, this is not up for debate. I have an Xbox One, I have a PlayStation 4. The DualShock 4 controller on the PlayStation 4 is the best PlayStation controller ever made. It feels very good in the hands, and I like it a lot compared to the DualShock 2 and 3. But the Xbox One controller is, without a doubt, the most comfortable, ergonomic, perfect in the hand feeling video game controller of all time. There is no doubt about it. It just is what it is. End of story. So when you look at something like the Xbox Series X, it's like, how are you going to really innovate on that controller? It's already so perfect as it is. And... The philosophy they took with it was kind of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because if you look at the Xbox Series X controller, it really doesn't look much different from an Xbox One controller. In fact, there are only really two outward notable differences. The first one being that there is a share button on it now in between the view and guide button. There's a little uh, additional button there for sharing, very similar to the share button on the PlayStation 4 controller. Uh, and Phil Spencer even says in that GameSpot article, he says, you know, there are other consoles that have a dedicated share button and players love it. And so while we're definitely not the first ones to do it, we're putting it in there because it's kind of become an industry standard. And he's kind of given Sony some credit without saying their name, by basically mentioning, you know, it's a great button. It's a great addition. Players really use it. It's a useful feature. So we decided to add our own share button in there. So there you go. Uh, I, I have no problem with that. I think. That's a total reasonable thing to do. It'll make it a lot easier than pressing the Xbox guide button and then having to like hit X or Y to record video or screenshot. So good on you. That's that's a very helpful button, and I'm sure people will like it. It doesn't really affect much overall, but it makes it easier for those of us that like to use share features. The other big notable improvement, and the one that I'm more interested in because this more directly affects playing video games, is the D-pad. So they have more of a, rather than the just four directional buttons, they have more of the full rounded D-pad, very similar to the one they use on the uh, Xbox Elite Controller 2. So or the Xbox Elite controllers in general, but for those of you that use an Xbox Elite controller, you're already familiar with this kind of D-pad. In fact, for those of you, obviously Xbox 360 had more of a D-pad like this where it had a full range of, of directional inputs, uh, although that D-pad was kind of weak on the Xbox 360. As much, for as much as I love that controller, that D-pad was not so great. In fact, that was the only thing about that controller I didn't like back in the day. It's the only thing about that controller I still don't like, so... It's nice to see them kind of reapproaching that, but hopefully doing it better. If it's anything like the Xbox Elite controller, it should be a, a pretty decent D pad. I will say with the Xbox One D pad, as far as being just a, a generic directional D pad up, down, left, and right, it's fine but it does need those, you know, upright down left kind of buttons. So it's nice to see that we're getting more input with the D-pad, but other than that, it looks like it's exactly the same controller. However, it is technically a little smaller. You wouldn't really notice it just by looking at it, but I'm sure maybe once you put it in your hands, you might feel. So what Phil Spencer says in that GameSpot article is that, you know, their market research showed that they had like a 95% satisfaction rate, with people in terms of the ergonomics of the Xbox One controller and that they just wanted to, you know, get that satisfaction rate up as high as possible. And so they tweaked in, they tweaked in, they worked on it and they figured out what it was. And they decided by making it just ever so slightly smaller, they were able to have the controller fit and work for more gamers and getting to them from that 95 to like that 98% satisfaction rate. So that's really awesome to see that just Uh, At least statistically, they have the evidence to prove that this controller just feels a little bit better than the last one, which is already a hard feat to accomplish when... The Xbox One controller, like I said, it's just so undoubtedly the best video game gamepad ever made. And now it's just the same thing, but a little bit better. So I, I kind of like it. It's like, I don't know what else I was expecting. A part of me was just kind of like, oh, that's a little bit of a shame that it looks so similar. But then another part of me was like, wait, I, I fucking love that controller. Why would I want them to change it? I guess you, you want to see change just for the sense of that we're so used to every generation just trying to make things look different just for the sake of being different. But again, if it's if it's not bad, why, why change anything about it? And so the Xbox Series X controller will look very familiar to most of us, but there are some subtle differences to be aware of. Same, same haptic feedback in the triggers, same incredible analog sticks with the grip that almost never wears down, uh, same general feel in the hand. So I'll be excited to get my hands on that just to see how, if at all, I really notice any difference in the feel other than the D-pad. But um, yeah, that's, that's exciting. Other than that, you know, that's, Pretty much the overview of what we saw with the box and the controller. The box has a little bit of a so there's like a disc slot in the front. Of course, it does have a disc drive. Uh, I assume it's pretty much the exact same disc drive we have in the Xbox One, where it's just going to be standard Blu-ray disc drive. Of course, it supports 4K video playback and everything. Um, But yeah, it has a little button on top of the disc drive to eject the disc, and then it has the Xbox logo way above that to the top of to the top of that front face, where which I assume will be just like the Xbox One X, where you press it in. It's an actual Xbox logo button that will turn on and off the console rather than the touch sensitive one they used on the original Xbox One. So that's pretty much the whole wrap up of what the box looks like, what the controller looks like. And like I said, just to finish off, I think it looks fantastic. I cannot wait to have that thing in my in my home to look at it and just admire it as someone who just really loves hardware design aesthetic and really appreciates those kinds of things. I think it looks fantastic. And I hope most of you out there are also looking forward to just kind of getting your hands on it and looking at it. And, and of course, as pretty much no one does, uh, you can feel free to reach out and comment on the show, whether it be YouTube or social media or whatever. Just let me know what you think about the design of the controller, the console, if you like it, if you don't like it, what you like, what you don't like. It's exciting. It's really exciting to see this is the next Xbox we're going to be playing with for years to come. So, you know, your opinions of it matter. The design of it does matter in in, in some regards. So exciting stuff. And then, that's going to mostly do it for the reveal. I'm trying to think if there's anything big I left out that I really wanted to touch on. But yeah, I mean, I think I got most of it. I'm just, again, just super excited about this console. I'm sure everyone is. Uh, but that I just wanted to have a whole episode. As you can see, this episode's already like as long as a standard episode. And all we've done is just talk about this one, this one story, albeit a massive story. Um, so the show will be back Thursday to its regular schedule for the weekly Xbox News. Uh, But I definitely want to do this whole episode just dedicated to the Xbox Series X, our newest Xbox in the in the Xbox family. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's really going to do it for the show. If there's anything I missed, feel free to let me know and uh, we can we can talk about it next week's episode. I'm sure there's a bunch that as soon as I hit the stop recording button, I'll remember. Oh, fuck. I forgot to talk about that. But nonetheless, we're just going to end the episode kind of in an unceremonious way. We'll get back to the Eric. Playing us out with some music on next week's proper episode, which will be up in just a few days here. But thank you so much for listening. If it was your first time listening to Xbox on, uh, because you're excited about the Series X and you just wanted to listen to a podcast about all things Xbox, I greatly appreciate you coming in and checking it out. And feel free to subscribe to it if you if you enjoyed it enough. I promise it's usually a little more organized than this. It's usually a little more sarcastic than this. And there's usually a lot more of me insulting you as a listener than this. So be sure to tune in for a standard episode and on, on this upcoming Thursday. And until then, gamers, keep on gaming.